Dicks don't get fat and ugly after spitting out little snot. Nose kids. Booties are as high and tight as an 18-year-old. So please don't throw those accusations out here. Now, hardcore husky wives, that's a different story. They are lonely and mistreated as their husbands are in their basement hanging out on hardcore husky all day and night. When the women want and need to be violated, uh, pup just heads on over to console them. While you're in the basement making poo-poo-pee-pee jokes on hardcore husky. Meanwhile, pup is upstairs in your bedroom giving your wife a good and proper pounding. Another one. All right, we the best. I'm out. You know, with Hitler, the more I learn about that guy, the more I don't care for him. Maybe I could be like an announcer, like a color man. You know how I always make those interesting comments during the game? Yeah, yeah, you make good comments. The weather is perfect, the field is fast at the Rose Bowl for tonight's ball game. Well, off air, we were just uh, sitting around the table shooting the shit and hearing the stories from uh, Wooly Doog and his uh, about his uncle, who thought that both uh, Lambright and uh, and Gilbertson were railroaded at Washington and Cal, <laughs> respectfully. <laughs> and maybe that'll be conversations for another time. <laughs> so, shout out to Wooly Doog's uncle. Uh, <laughs> uh, but we've gathered here today uh, to uh, do some 2023 predictions, and as uh, so we might as well jump right into it. Um, so we've got a we got a, what maybe six or seven things that we're going to be picking here, and then we'll address some questions that were posted at Hardcore Husky for us. Uh, so team MVP, uh, we'll start right off here, and I'm going to say most people would think that uh, we will all say uh, Michael Penix. I'm going to say Jalen McMillan is going to have a massive, massive season this year that will be in the uh, the Desmond Howard, uh, you know, maybe even Mario Bailey uh, uh, range, and it's really going to stand out. So what do you guys think? Wow. Uh, that's a, a bold one. I'm not going to be too – too complicated. I'm just going to say Penix. I mean, I think we saw last year how much of a difference he makes. And I mean, call. I mean, football is all about quarterbacks. Uh, it's more and more obvious and more and more important as time goes by. And I think he, they're going to they're going to go and up and down with him. And I think they're going to go up. Uh, yeah, it's, pretty, it's that simple. And Joey dangerously. Man, I. Uh, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to take the easy way out and say Michael Penix, but uh, I mean, kind of hard to kind of <clears> hard <throat> to go against him, right? I mean, he's. Uh, Are you on horseback I, right I now? Got, <laughs> no, that's that's not me making that noise. That's got to be Willie really Doog. Uh, what what noise? <laughs> clip clop, clip clop, clip clop. 
Yeah, it does sound like somebody. <laughs> somebody <laughs> Deidre Woolley, Valley Forge, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it's hard to go against Penix. I, I kind of like your, uh, kind of like your McMillan uh, MVP. I didn't really think about that. I was uh, when you sent it to us earlier. I was trying to think like. You know, is there a running back that mm. I don't know could? It's uh, it, it's just hard to it, it's hard to know what you know someone like Dylan Johnson um, could do on the team, or you know, if is Cam Davis going to get you know bulk of the touches for the running back? So, I mean, I yeah, I I I, I guess I got to go with Michael Penix. I mean, it's kind of hard when you. You know, he's going to be a Heisman candidate, you know, right out of the gate. So, And it'll be interesting to see how he responds to that type of pressure because it's never really been on him before. So, Yeah, that's well, the whole thing. Even... The Go thing ahead, I'm Willie. worried about is yeah. the uh, – oh. Oh, fir- sorry. The first, uh, the first game is, you know, Boise State. You know, it's kind of the same uh, – kind of the same defensive uh, scheme and defensive tree of the, you know, the Kwiatkowski, Wilcox, you know, that kind of shit. So that's uh, going to be a little bit of more of a nail biter than I think people think. So. And um, Willie uh, mentioned uh, Dylan Johnson. Um uh, or, or maybe it was you, you, Joey, I'm not sure. But one of you mentioned Dylan Johnson a couple minutes ago. And I am really excited and eager to see what they do with him out in space. Um, and, and I think that, that that might really add a really uh, extra dimension to our offense that we didn't have last year. So, um, Though I think we could have had it a little bit more if we'd put Will Nixon in that role uh, more than we did. But that's another story. But... Uh, breakout player. I'll go first again. I'm going to say right tackle Roger Rosengarten. Uh, I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna really, really emerge as the uh, the stud there on the line. I mean, I uh, if I you force me to say someone other than Penix, I was actually going to co- try to cop out for MVP and say uh, Fautanu and Rosengarten. Uh, I yeah I think mm. I think there I think there's a good chance that they're the two best tackled in the Pac-12 next year and you know up there in conversation for the nation uh, and I my my breakout is a guy you we were just talking about who's not on the team I, I'm going to say Dylan Johnson I just feel like that uh, Tyler Papa that running back position is just prime for to create a you know a star and I yes. think he's better than Tyler Papa and I think coming from Coming from the Mike Leach system, even though apparently Mike Leach called him soft, but <laughs> like two days before he died, which got, which Dylan Johnson put out there like two days before he died. Uh, I think he's gonna be, yeah, I think he's gonna do really well in that role, and it's gonna, I, that's that's my guy. I also think it's a lot of the guys I think are kind of semi have broken out this year. I mean, like, I think all the guys who were question marks to come back or not 
were all kind of breakout guys. So yeah, I, I, it was hard to pick someone who I feel like truly be kind of coming out of coming out of nowhere. Well, I mean, all, yeah, all I'm three gonna... of us were. We were. Oh, sorry, real quick. We were all concerned about Luciano going into last year, and look what they did with him. So, look, look, look how productive he became. So. Well, that's I. I was gonna say whoever starts at center was gonna be the breakout player, because I mean it could be melee, it could be uh, let's see, Garen Hatchet. Um, I don't think I don't think Mural was listed as a. Uh, he might have been like third, third deep on the depth chart for center, but. Um, yeah, I I would say whichever one of those two ends up starting at center, uh, I think I think I think we're going to realize that um, we're not going to miss a beat. I, I I still think Luciano was you know the weak link on the on the line, even though he was, I mean he was above average this year, and he and he got better and better as the year went on. So pretty. Pretty, pretty good, pretty, pretty solid there for uh, on the O line. And and then the most disappointing either player or aspect of the team that we anticipate going into the year. And before I before I talk about that, I'll just say something that just occurred to me thirty seconds ago. Do you guys realize going back to the not so much the Gilby years, but Willingham and Sark, and even during the Pete years. Our, our special teams coverage was always just probably one of the worst parts of our team. And even sometimes it was so bad that you'd be terrified whenever a punt was sailing down the middle of the field because it was going to be returned. And you just wanted to keep it with the less than 20 yards was the goal, right? Um, yeah. And so last year I didn't even not, really – it never worried me at all last year. So I'll say that. Not, but not I, so much punts. Uh, it was It's always kickoffs. But we didn't get gashed a lot. Yeah, but there. Uh, before this there was, year, it, it was like it was like you couldn't get a kick into the end zone. And yes, they 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 had a lot of nah, There was a couple games this year where there was some there were some good returns by the other team. You know, for two or three times in a row, and then. And then they they would tend to figure it out during the game, but ugh. everything's relative, though. I mean, because a really good return against in the Sark era would be returning it to our forty, and now it's maybe you know the opponent returning it to their own forty. Yeah, yeah. I would say my big thing is so much of it wasn't so much that they were giving up the kicks too; it's just it seemed like even if they they almost never gave up, I feel like they never didn't give up at least like the 30-yard line if the guy returned the kick. And I feel like in college football this year, like a couple of years before, once they gave you the 25-yard rule, there was almost no kick returns. And I feel like last year a bunch of teams decided, hey, like no one's prepared to, return, to defend kick returns anymore. So teams actually returned it a lot. And I feel like every fucking mm. team they played – could at least get it to the 30. And the Huskies, if they ever, Gallup Jackson ever returned the fucking kick, he got tackled at the 12. 
Or the 17, or, yeah. He always ran diagonal. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like they didn't return many, but when they did, he could not get it out past, like, the 15, and then the other team, you'd be like, why can the other team get it out to, like, at least the 32, 33 every time, and fucking Washington can't get it past, past the 20? Because he'd, he'd, like he'd catch it on like the he'd catch it on like the left hash, or between <laughs> the sideline and the, like one hash, and then he'd run diagonal to the other one. Yep. And, like yeah. every fucking and, time. That you get a field, yeah. With uh, his four nine forty speed, you know. So. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Hey, I did. I did. Kick to get. You return the kick for a touchdown. I think against Rutgers at Michigan. You know, you gotta, you gotta take him. Yeah, well, I didn't know that. <laughs> I yeah, someone I think on Twitter pointed out because it was kind of it's out there that he's probably transferring. Like he's posting on the, he deleted a bunch of stuff on Instagram, Husky stuff, and he was in Phoenix yesterday or something. So yeah, I think someone pointed out like yeah, well, you're basing. Your expectations off him that he returned the kick against for a touchdown against the fucking Rutgers. So who cares? Like that's not that big of a deal. Uh, no, I'm still surprised not, uh, he could do that. Yeah, no, it. Uh, you know, your the kick return thing. It's kind of an annoyance for me, but mine's probably more controversial in that. Uh, which I hope. Oh, goes I away. Oh, I'm sorry to interrupt what? you, but uh, I'll just say though I actually never mentioned what my dis- most disappointing concern oh. was. That was going to be the actual. I was saying that I was going to say it was place kicking oh, and punting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is then, it? And then, it's but then I just spit out the fact that it occurred to me that I wasn't worried at all last year about coverage. So I, I sent us off on yeah. a diversion there. But, uh, but anyways, please continue. No, uh, I don't want to cut off your cut off your uh, your choice. What is it? Oh, oh, I'm concerned that. Um, we're we're so excited about all these various areas of the team, but place kicking and or punting is going to oh. end up being a problem. I'm guessing that's all. So, yeah, that's a good Pun- point. Cause <laughs> punting. Peyton Henry's finally Peyton Henry's finally gone, but I mean, uh, that could be a big thing. Uh, I, punting, I'm less worried about just because I you know I don't think they punt that much, and I think. With how often you go for it now and how, you know, how short on the field you'll go for it, like, I feel like uh, I just don't think you punt nearly as much. But, no, especially the kicking is a super good uh, prediction for for frustration. Hunting was atrocious, though, this year. Yeah. I mean, they they got absolutely nothing, like, do they have one good punt all year? I feel like maybe they pinned someone once or twice, but I feel like there were so many times where they were punting too from like the 43 or something, and he just kicked it 10 yards into the fucking end zone. We were like, well, oh, the, Al- was- the, the, the Alamo Bowl, he could have switched the field like multiple times. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's kicking it straight into the end zone. You know, it's like, you're at the middle yeah. field, middle of the field. You're kicking from, you know, you're standing on, on your own thirty, and you're kicking it, it like straight. And you're not even trying to, you know, angle it towards the towards the uh, pylon. 
I think it was most. Yeah, it was most. It was most profoundly felt in the UCLA and Arizona State games, where we couldn't get that field position, especially in UCLA, as I recall. We couldn't get that field position. Uh, we were at a deficit the entire game, as I recall, or most of the game, and we couldn't get uh, we couldn't get a leg up. No pun intended. From a good punt, a lot of shanks yeah, and stuff. So, no, that's a good. Uh, it's a good point. Uh, and yeah, there could easily be. I could now. I'm picturing a game next year where they comes down to a kick and they bring out a, some walk on that we don't even know his name yet, and he fucking shanks it. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, he's from, yeah. he's from Linden, man. Northwest yeah, League. Yeah, yeah. He's, <laughs> they don't have a scholarship. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they have a scholarship kicker on the roster. I don't think – I don't think they even have an offer out to one that I know of. Good. Yeah, I'm not I'm – not, I think it is overrated. Uh, but yeah, I mean, are, my, are, were the 2022 Washington Huskies the first team in college football history to have an in-season call for open tryouts and still go 11 and two? <laughs> uh, I mean, they they were so they were they were really decimated. Like we're, it's it's taboo for for us to make injuries an excuse, but. Man, oh man, their their secondary was completely decimated. In those two games, the two games we lost, you know, that was pretty. That was pretty bad. They're in dire straits there for a while. And you know I what noticed, is amazing, though? Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, I noticed I uh, had watched some of the Arizona State highlights, and I noticed it was Javon Parker was in there too, which is like Jesus Christ, like. Uh, he looked pretty good in the Apple Cup, uh, but, you know, this guy who was like a major project fringe true freshman is getting reps in a conference game like that is pretty bad. Uh, I mean, just shows how much injured they were. And I think Kwapahopa Kwa punched a ball boy or something, which was fucking great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thanks, dude. Uh, Could have really used you against uh, – ASU, uh, but yeah, no, it's 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 an excuse, but it, it's a legit excuse. So, do, uh, do, what, what do you guys have anything to finish in regards to most disappointing that you expect? What? So, what am I anticipating? Like, I hate to say it, but uh, I'm worried about linebacker. Hmm. I don't think uh I don't think they did enough and uh let's see we got a we got a transfer from USC uh and then and then uh I think I think lost more than you know you lost Tamuli and you know, you lost St. Ruperaki. Not like he was going to play any significant time but you know he's a He's a hardcore Husky legend. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I I I still feel like I, I feel like they got to get a they got to get another guy in the portal at linebacker. Uh, yeah, I'm really worried about that position. Yeah, it'd be nice to have our like a, a bigger crew or something too. Even like it just seems like 
I mean, my uh, my uh, more reaching breakout star is going to be Carson Bruner because I I don't understand. Yes. It just seems like all he does is whenever he's out there, he's making plays. Uh, and then Cam Bright and Tupatala do nothing. Uh, then you never see Bruner like make a mistake. So I I don't understand how he didn't play. And I guess the long lost two years running of hoping Eula Foscio is healthy is that. But yeah, linebacker. Uh, yeah, it's it's a little scary. I mean, I guess the whole back seven is scary. Uh, my frustration is one I hope I hope isn't, but. I think it's a super underrated uh, problem of I really worried about really boneheaded Michael Penix interceptions that uh, uh, <laughs> quietly everyone kind of, I think I've mentioned the podcast before because you just, when you win the game and you put up, you know, uh, you, you, in the dick measuring contest, you don't talk about, you know, what went wrong, but he, uh, he can't, fucking do that and he can't do that if they're gonna have pressure on them like it's gonna be different this year like with the pressure and stuff like that so i i just i have to figure out a way not to throw interceptions from the one yard line or first and goal <laughs> or uh throw it off the back of jackson kirkland's shoulder pads yeah i i i, I just hope he can clean that up and i wouldn't be shocked if you know the nfl and his report card said like Dude, like you can't. the The game has changed. It's not the Brett Favre days where, you know, the other like you're going to get the ball back. Like key ball control is like a huge thing. Uh, so I hope that goes away. I hope he figures that out. And uh, in regards to Carson Bruner, you know who he reminds me of? Chris Stevens. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't didn't get in there all that much, but every time he did, it's like another play by Stevens, and then he's jogging off the field. Yeah, <laughs> he got benched for fucking Josh Gage, <laughs> fucking Owen. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, that's a good comparison. Uh, yeah, I feel like he blocked like three punts or something, and then yeah, he yeah, yeah. But yeah. I mean, yeah, but in Brenner, the I, I don't get I it. Yeah, same thing. Like, Brunner on special teams, like, every kickoff, I feel like, is getting – he makes a tackle and it's a big hit. I don't I don't get it. So, uh, maybe that could be a frustration. Uh, Carson Brunner not playing. And then guys like Tupatala and this USC transfer playing. Hey, Joey, did you finish with the most disappointing – well, yeah, it was it was just line it was just linebacker. I'm uh, I'm worried they don't have a. Yeah, I mean, Ulafosio is is a starter, but you know, can he stay healthy? That's the that's the big mystery. And I don't I'm not I'm not too worried about the I'm not too worried about the line this year. I I uh, mm, no. You know, I I'm trying to think. You know, is I I don't think there's a lot of. I don't think there's any interior D lineman, you know, in conference that, you know, we have to worry about. And if if you're going to start a young interior, you know, guard, center, and guard, um, you know, I, I can't think of any, uh, I can't think of really any insane interior D lineman that we got to, that we got to face. So I'm not worried about tackles. So, 
Yeah, no, it's the offensive line after multiple fake outs of, you know, big experience and ready to rumble. It finally it finally was last year when no one expected it. Uh so it goes to show uh to not to not get your hopes up and you know uh the offensive line will be good when it's not supposed to and it'll be bad when it's supposed to be good. And then we move on to the Oregon game prediction and uh I actually think that the Huskies uh the most the team in the in the conference most likely to lose to would be Oregon State. The Oregon game, I think that the home crowd will be enough to push them across the finish line. I'm predicting the Huskies to win 42 to 38, and it's going to be a madhouse. Yeah, I I predict something similar. I would say it's the best. You know, in recent history. It's got to be one of the best feelings you've had going into this game in the past 20 years against Oregon. <laughs> like there was, uh, you know, going into the season, uh, yeah, I, I feel like they're going to win. I, my guess is probably probably somewhere on like seven points. Uh, looking at what both teams bring back, I, I like the matchup for Washington. I think home could make a difference. Uh, and I think, you know, I think the big thing is, is – you're like, the Huskies' offense should be basically exactly the same. I mean, the key players all come back. It's the system. It's not better. And you're like, if their defense was just a little bit better, you know, you were like, the Huskies would have been won that game a lot a lot more convincingly. And whereas Oregon, I kind of look at their team, I'm like, well, I don't really know what their big change is going to be. I mean, uh, they, and they quietly lost quite a bit. So unless <laughs> – but Lanny's getting his guys in there, you know, that's the big thing now. These uh these transfers and five stars are gonna be the ones that, that work, not the ones that, you know, ten years running now don't. So yeah, I that was a really long way to say uh I think the Huskies win and I think they win by like seven probably. I think Bo Nix is gonna hear more noise than he's ever heard in his life. Win or lose, that's that's gonna be something that's gonna take him aback. I hope that his, you know, I hope that they've come along enough with, you know, amputee uh, technology by then to to get him his his appendage back. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm not scared of him. Uh, I'm, I, you know, I I think a lot of the little bit of the mystique of that program can probably hopefully gets a little bit of it gone from that win because I think they beat they get spotted like 12 points against ever a lot of teams before the ball gets snapped just because. I think some of the guys just get so snake bit against them and they hear so much hype. Uh, and I think, you know, the Huskies and the Beavers beating them the way they did hopefully helps show that, like, some of those teams, it's like, yeah, look, this is just like any other team that's, like, maybe slightly more talented at, like, one and a half spots, and that's it. Joey, yeah, I'm, excited for I'm, exci- I'm excited for Joey's answer. What the prediction? Yeah, I fifty one to fifty fifty one to thirteen rather easily. <laughs> oh, for God's sake! <laughs> They're fucking done, man. Bo Nix is not going to make it through the year. Okay, he's not. 
<laughs> you can only play on one leg for so long, you know. 51 <laughs> to 13. So do we block yeah. an extra point there, Joey, or is it a two field goals? Or <laughs> uh, no, those, those, you know, it's Carson 51 Ritter to 7. Block. It's, it's 51 to 7, and Oregon tries to go for two. And, and, uh, <laughs> And and it, it, actually, it's forty nine to seven, or Oregon scores and uh, uh, Drew Fowler takes a takes a pick, pick a pick deuce back the other way on the two point conversion. <laughs> I don't want uh, to, a, a touchdown yeah, against wanna, our scrubs, right? Yeah, I don't want yeah. to cut Joey off, but my prediction is much more confident after seeing that Dan Landing tattoo. I, it seems funny to really <laughs> – dude, there's no one – almost no one who is good at anything would get that tattoo. I'm fucking sorry. Like, that is one of the dumbest things I've ever seen in my entire life. I, Even as much as they defy the odds with, like, Crystal Ball somehow being kind of good, uh, Helfrich going to a national title game, there is no way that guy is fucking – not a complete fucking retard. Well, after I saw that cigar um, video thing, that's where I kind of uh, went, oh, something's, <laughs> we gotta, something's odd with that guy. We got to save it for the the uh, organ derangement syndrome podcast. <laughs> yeah, no, we got we to gotta button that up. You can't shoot, you can't shoot your wad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's mostly going to be you guys and Hay going off and me just trying to steer the ship. Yeah, need a mediator. <laughs> a mediator against no one. <laughs> so the, let's see the here. Invisible organ, the invisible organ monster that will be in wherever where we are. That's that's your mediating against. <laughs> oh, it's 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 already happening. I mean, them being a preseason top ten for nothing. I it's, it's no, already started. Save it. Save it. <laughs> yep. All right. Uh, let's see here. Most anticipated trend. I really don't have much to say on this because I've already talked about it before in a previous pod, and I don't want to repeat myself, but I think uh, a regulation of the, the portal and a potential salary cap uh, would be in the uh, in the future here. It would be in the offing. So regulations to the portal is my anticipated trend. What about you guys? Uh, so I uh, I was just talking to, talking to a friend of mine at dinner earlier. Hi, Dan. Uh, Landing? So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, but uh, – I might have already mentioned it to Wooly Duke. It's like I I don't see any uh, I don't see any FCS players basically getting getting drafted anymore in a couple of years. You know what I mean? Like like it'll be this cycle. Like you know, a team will just you know shuffle out they're players that aren't playing and they'll, they'll shuffle in like some late bloomers and, and you won't see like a, you won't see like a Joe Flacco get, you know, get drafted in the first round anymore or, uh, 
um, you know, Steve McNair. You know, you won't see like these hmm. uh, these uh, these FCS guys, you know, going and uh, you know going early on a well. I mean, like day two, you know, some day two kid from South Dakota or something. You know, you, I, I don't think you're going to see that any you know anymore. You you won't uh, you're going to see less and less and less of it, just based on you know. I mean, we're we're going out. We're getting an edge rusher from from Sioux Falls and and uh tight end from um UC Davis. Was it UC Davis or Cal Poly that that Cuevas guy was from? He's Poly. Poly? Yeah. Yeah, I, I yeah, I mean um I don't think we're gonna I don't think we're gonna see guys you know guys drafted from those schools anymore. It's it's gonna be uh going to be like the NFL draft is going to be top top like 50 programs basically it's it's going yeah. to be a little uh it's going to be a little sad you're not going to get you're not going to get Khalil Mack you know from Buffalo uh taking you know third or fourth overall eventually hmm yeah, that's a good point. I mean, you're not going to – I would say even, like, you know, the lower the lower programs in the conference, like up until Coach Prime, like Colorado. Like, <laughs> Colorado, you know, it's yeah. still like – I feel like they have, like, LaVisca Chenault and, like, uh, that Christian Gonzalez guy who was on Oregon. Like, he would have been on Colorado and he would have been a guy who goes, like, first or second round. And you're like, oh, yeah, Colorado randomly had one good player. But, yeah, you're right. Now he's just – that guy just transfers – or even at like Arizona, like I think you're going to see a lot of, yeah, like Iowa. That guy now just transfers to a, a bigger program, uh, unless he just completely breaks out on his like third or fourth year in college football. Uh, yeah, I mean, which both of yours trends are similar to mine, where I I think seeing programs that pretty much are only about NIL being disasters, like. Miami and Texas A&M, uh, and that reliance. <laughs> Arizona State. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think. Yeah, I think even just like programs. Hopefully, I think like Washington and Michigan, uh, who you know are probably going to do it like in a way that's a little bit more, you know, less just crazy. Uh, can hopefully start to turn the tide on you know the Oregon's and Ohio States the way it seems like it's kind of it's kind of might be going uh, because, you know, you, you, you need talented players, but hopefully you have talented guys that actually want to be there and that are good teammates where I feel like uh, it, it's probably harder to do that if you're really just going hard on NIL. And so many of the guys that are there are there about money. So, yeah, I hope, I hope that, I hope that's not a, like a one or two year thing. I hope that continues to kind of level out the top of college football. I don't want parity, but, I don't want parity, but I want more parity amongst like the top thirty programs is what I want. I don't sure, want sure. Yeah, I don't want the same fuck. Yeah, and I think that could help. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The other thing well, is, uh, you, you, so they keep talking about, uh, oh, we're eventually going to be, you know, two super conferences. Well, at some point, those super conferences would have to quit playing, you know. Uh, fucking Furman in week 11, you know, 
I mean, at some point they'd, they'd have to realize, like, hey, we're we're gonna have to give in to the fact that we're not gonna go undefeated. If we're gonna act, if we're gonna act like we're in, you know we're NFL, we're NFL you know minor league teams, you know we're not gonna win every single game. We're gonna, we're gonna have to start playing everybody. You can't you can't have if the Big Ten really wants to go to twenty or twenty four teams, and then they're still only gonna play eight eight or nine conference games. Uh, that's ridiculous. That's not gonna make any sense. So. Yeah, at some point you're going to see like a national champion, you know, maybe 10, 10 or 15 years down the road, you're going to see a national champion be like nine and four or something crazy like that, you know, out of the SEC. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, uh, okay. So most contrarian uh, belief and I'll start. Uh, I, it seems like the majority of Husky fans and then people along, like, you know, uh, Jalen McMillan and Michael Penix, they're talking about winning national championships. I think somewhere along the, along the line we're going to uh, we're gonna stub our toe and there's going to be some issues. Penix goes down or something along these lines. Uh, we're going to lose to Oregon State. We're going to have a fine season, but we're going to narrowly miss the playoffs. We're going to win a new... NY6 Bowl, we're going to finish 11-3. and three. Hmm. Well, yours is exactly what mine was, more or less. Not not as, as concrete as that, but I'll let Joey go while I try to think of something else. Uh, well, my contrarian belief is that uh, this, I, I, don't, I think the schedule is going to be not as tough as everybody thinks it is. I still think hmm. we lose a game. I still hmm. think we lose a game, but I I don't I, I don't think look everybody's like everybody's like oh man the Pac-12 and their their quarterbacks coming back like I don't think Bo Nix and Cam Rising are going to make it through the season I think Cam Rising's going to be uh, he might be a vegetable by the end of the year next year so is that your prediction the, all the <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a prediction yep. Um, Do you hear about those guys up in Seattle? They said that our quarterback is going to be a drilling vegetable by the end of the year. (laughs) Yeah, while they're while they're while they're drinking their uh, below four percent beers. (laughs) Oh, shots fired! Shots fired! When they're when they're done when they're done telling their first wife, they can tell their second and third wife. Oh. We'll have to redo the cowboy pup thing about uh, multiple wives upstairs <laughs> while you're uh, in the I basement. Think, hey, hey, I think I think all these teams that uh, all these teams that use their look having a mobile quarterback is like having a 12th player on offense. Mm, yeah. They they get, but the uh, uh, the catch twenty two of it is is that uh, you know if you're going to use your quarterback as a you know as a second running back on the field, then eventually you're going to pay the price. Yeah, I would the say Oregon twenty twenty two. Well, I mean, yeah, that was uh, 
I was a good point with that. Uh, I do think Rising has a lot better of a chance to get hurt than Knicks, but yes. Oregon's fr- out after Georgia. Their schedule was so soft until the last few games. I think they kind of got away with just running him like a running back against a bunch of shit teams. Uh, or yeah, if they had to play, uh, if they had to play, you know, the better teams in the conference earlier, they probably would have. He would have got banged up more. Uh, not that Washington's defense was anything great, but I think, you know, Washington, Utah, and Oregon State, uh, yeah, it's I, there's a reason why, other than just having the injury history, like you know, they try not to run Penix. But yeah, no, that's a that's a good point. Uh, I, you know, again, hoping Penix can stay healthy. Uh, since I had to think of a new one, because mine wasn't as drastic as you, I just think that, you know, I'm prepared for them to, you know, I I just think pressure changes everything, and I think there was a truth to, I can't remember what player said it, but, like, it was like, we don't beat, you know, we don't have this run down the stretch. Maybe if they, did, they I don't lose those games because they just played so, all the pressure was off, and they just played super loose and had fun. Uh, and that's one reason yeah. why they, they kind of put it all together. And next year is going to be different. You know, you go into the season, everyone – now now there's expectations. You get tight. Like 2017 and 2018 were like, fuck. You know, Washington had only – after the – you know, how many NY6-level bowl games, level teams had Washington had and since, you know, Don James and we get three – I mean, we get two in two years, and it seems like it wasn't fun at all. Uh, you know, I, I'm really just hoping it's not like from that opening game, like 2017, that was the road game at Rutgers, which they won by like 15 or something against a shitty Rutgers team. And you're like, it just never felt fun. So, uh, no. my other than just that, the pessimism, I don't think, I think if they do have another year, like this year, DeBoer is not glued to Washington. I just feel like, if they look like they did this year with that offense and working with a quarterback that way, uh, you know, that's going to be so enticing. And if you're a big, big time team with truly, you know, truly uh, unlimited pockets, which Washington is not from an administrative level, like if you're like A&M or you're Miami or someone who's like Florida, you're like someone like that. Like I would throw so much fucking money at the board to be like, bring that offense here because you know, modern college football now is all about that offense. You watch the NFL, and it's all about just spreading the field and making it look easy with quarterbacks and receivers in uh, having that system. So I would start to get a little worried if they have another, you know, more than 10-win season that, you know, the big, the, the you know, 500, 800-pound gorillas, whatever you want to call them, are going to come knocking and be a point where he – probably has to really think about it because it's just hard, that hard to turn down that much money or Texas or someone like that uh, would just make Promote offers grub. you can't refuse. And yeah, no, I would, uh, I, I, my old, I don't know the grub move. I, I just feel like Deborah seems to have such a good personality and affect with the players too. So mm. like, you know, it, it's one thing to be the guy who has the system, but then it seems like he also has the personality ability to be genuine with it, which just seems like you never have those things come together. You generally seem to get the guy who can per- be personality or the system or like a Chip Kelly. <laughs> you either get, you either get, you, uh, you, you rarely get both. 
Uh, and sometimes you get a guy who pretends to have both of them and has nothing like Stark. Uh, but yeah, I, I, you, you guys, keep, I need to go for a couple of minutes. You guys keep talking. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah my okay, thing so, is watch him with the, you know, you watch him after some play, like he's, he looks like, you know, some play doesn't really work. You know, if the camera's on him at the right time, I'll just kind yeah. of look at like, he'll just have this look of like, hmm, well, that didn't work. And then he'll pull out like a notepad and he'll like, he'll like jot down something. Like he'll take like these, uh, uh, not cliff notes, but like, like a little buck slips. It was like, he'll just like jot something down and, and then he'll put it back in his pocket. He's like, it's almost like a meticulous. <laughs> like a meticulous golfer or something, you know, it's like, well, I was 187 with the wind blowing Northwest at nine miles per hour. I took, I took a, I yeah. took a nine iron and, and, and I, and I fucking <laughs> uh, put it, I, and I put it short, you know? Uh, yeah. Cause I was, <laughs> cause I was rewatching the, uh, I was rewatching the Oregon game a little bit the other day. So, uh, and then I was rewatching the Texas game, uh, probably some point last week. Um, yeah, he never looks like he never looks like he's flustered at all. No, that's a good point because I remember that for ASU and UCLA, it was almost kind of frustrating because you saw him and he was kind of just like, "Oh yeah, uh, that didn't work." Uh, but you know, in hindsight, you're almost kind of like, "That's better than he's fucking." We have Stark, like, melting down or, 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 like, losing his shit or Peterson just, like, clearly seizing and, like, fucking angry as shit where you're, like, and just, like, want, not wanting to be there. Uh, yeah, no, I think, I mean, it's one thing. I don't know if he's smart. Like, I he uh, also doesn't talk a bunch, which is fucking awesome. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's which what you want. But, like, a guy who is smart but also, like, doesn't look or seem smart is one of the best people to have in the fucking world. Uh, anything like that's the, who you want to be your boss. That's who you want to work with. Uh, like that's who you want to be like your fucking dad is someone who's like actually smart, but doesn't like, doesn't like try to like come off that way and kind of just seems like a shit kicker. <laughs> it's like, Oh, that guy actually really fucking knows offense. But he's not Chip Kelly. He's not Chip Kelly where you're like, yeah, that guy really knows fucking offense, but he's a fucking, I can't hang out with him. Uh, or like Jonathan Smith where they were like, people were like, people tried to avoid Jonathan Smith if they ran into him off the elevator because he was fucking kind of just like awkward and didn't know how to talk to people. Well, well, he, he just kind of like, uh, he reminds me of like, I, I've got two best friends that are like, I mean, like nobody dislikes them, you know. It's they're just like yeah, the yeah. Two, like they're just like the two nicest dudes and fun and no stress, you know, easy hangs, you know. And uh, yeah, like you, you can't really say anything like you can't really say anything bad about them, like you know. Um, yeah, he he reminds me of he reminds me of that. And it, it also, like the. Uh, I brought it up like a like a month or two ago, or whenever they did. Uh, it was like last month they did the uh, like um, Softy's whole show was 
was uh, you know, in the in like the recruiting hall or something and and they were supposed to have grub they were supposed to have grub on the radio and like DeBoer, you know, like asked him it, it might have been like before they went on the air, he was like he was like, everything okay? And and I guess Softy was like uh yeah, we're supposed to have Ryan on in, in like less than two minutes and and DeBoer's like so really you need you need him on and they're like, Well, I mean if it's okay and like before like he could even spit it out, I guess DeBoer was like running down the hall to go get grub <laughs> so that he can do an interview on the radio. Like I I, I just couldn't imagine like Peterson, you know, like if you want John Smith on the radio, you're, you're, you're going to have to wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's like, I mean, that that was like, I, I mean, I, I keep going back to that week. It was like really, really, a, no, no other coach had done that before. Like, hey, why don't you come and, you know, you broadcast your whole four-hour show from, you know, the – you know, the, uh, recruiting hall or whatever, whatever it's called. And, and, uh, yeah, that was like, that was like really, really cool. And no, I do not listen to KJR all day. I go back to the podcast. <laughs> What's that? You listen to KJR all day? To <laughs> <laughs> hey, you still listen to, you still listen to that guy? No, I go back and I, I go back and I look, I look at the podcast and if they're talking about something, Husky related, I'll 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 uh, go back and listen to it. Also, well, that, you have uh, to qualify your KJR listening. <laughs> yeah. Well, well if I, I mean, if I, if I told people more about me, they they might understand. But uh, so, um, I I'll just say I work alone, so <laughs> you know, I got I got to listen to something. Um, like a serial killer. Well, most most of the time I work alone. Yeah, like a serial killer. Right. I'm uh, <laughs> I'm checking I'm checking all the FBI profile boxes, you know. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, the other thing, uh, the other thing. Now, I, now, I just I just remembered it. Uh, so the reason he kept uh, Scott Huff was he had met Scott Huff like like 10 or 12 years ago on the recruiting trail in Arizona. And he said they were – wherever he was, he was like um, – I think he might have – I think he said he might have been in eastern Michigan or something at the time. But he said they were basically recruiting the same areas at the same time. And most – like most are, you know – well, at least some of the same the same recruits. So they'd end up meeting up at the same places, and he said Scott Huff would always beat him there. So that's how they that's how they fighting, developed fighting like, over the same free safety from fighting them. Yeah, and it, <laughs> and I don't think he I don't think he went into it, but I'm sure they 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 would go out for like you know a couple beers or something while they're out on the road, you know. Um. Yeah, so I, I thought that was like a cool, a cool little story, you know, of like how they they basically stayed in touch because, you know, as he said, you you know you've got to make you've got to make connections out on the road, you know, too. You can't just 
you can't just think, oh, that guy, you know, he's coaching for the other team, and uh, you know, I just, I don't want to, I don't want to work with that guy ever because he's on a different team. You know, I, I thought that was kind of cool. Well, DeBoer, I think, knows that he he's at a school where he can be big time with without the program demanding that he be big time. Yeah, it's a good it's yeah, a good the, fit and situation. Yeah. Yeah. Even if we stay in the Pac twelve and become the BYU that ruled over the WAC in the seventies, eighties and nineties, but that, I, I, that every, everybody keeps thinking. Everybody keeps thinking San Diego State because it's easy, but uh, I'm looking what about more them? towards. Do you mean expansion? Uh, yeah, or, people or something saying, else. San Diego State, San Diego State, San Diego State. Just because I don't know, it's a California team in a big market, but I don't know. Uh, Wooly do well, kind of said it to me first, you know, and we were texting one day and and it was just like, you know, UNLV is right in the Russian gangster's backyard. Mm-hmm. You know. So and we're already playing the the championship game there. So but you take a you take a sixty year old Pete Carroll and put him as head coach at San Diego State and they're probably winning the conference within four years. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a pretty big. Uh, that's a pretty big what if. Yes, admittedly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I'm trying to show and il- illustrate theoretically, but I'm trying to illustrate that it's there. You something no, I, could be made of it. It is clay that could be formed. You know. Yeah, their basketball program is. Uh, you know, they're one of maybe even the top five programs on the West Coast. You know, consistently now. Uh, which, because of the reasons that makes sense, of you like location, uh, I assume there's a decent amount of money there. It's a huge school; a ton of people go there. Like enrollment wise, it has a ton. But yeah, I, I UNLV might is sneaky, could be a really awesome app. Mm-hmm. Are they still the hey. running rebels? <laughs> Did they have to change it for uh, PC reasons, maybe. Yeah, did they get canceled yet? For the running part, or the <laughs> rebel part? Just for just for being a rebel, just for being rebels, you know. Being a rebel is you know not approved of these days. Well, it doesn't Despite necessarily. Not, it doesn't necessarily mean Confederate, does it? No, but I think if you look at the it depends uh, on their mascot. Depends on what <laughs> depends on what fat Karen you have. <laughs> well. <laughs> I mean, Juanita High School, I think they're the bunny rabbits now or something, right? <laughs> what? They, because they, people what? didn't want them to be rebels anymore, right? Oh, God. <laughs> Do you mean jackrabbits or bunny rabbits? <laughs> well, I, 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 I'm not being literal. <laughs> I'm just... <laughs> Here, let me look it up while we're talking. There was oh God, we were up at uh oh, we were up at uh we were up at Bellingham High School. They changed their name uh from the, the Red the, Raiders the Raven. to Bellingham changed their name from the Red Raiders to uh it might be the Red Hawks or something like that. Yeah, I think that's one that I was thinking of. 
When when Juanita High School opened in 1971, the Rebel mascot was chosen to represent rebelliousness and doing things in a new way. But now, <laughs> now it's considered racist, and so they changed the name a couple years ago to Raven. I don't get why that. Uh, I mean, I don't get why that would be. Why? But it's true. It's a pretty funny cultural thing of the entire country is built on and so much of our pop culture is built on rebellion. But now it's like, now it's like an offensive term and you're just supposed to do the, you're supposed to do what you expect you're supposed to do. And that's the fucking end of it. And, uh, tearing down everything, everything that's been established basically. But, um, in any event, Shall we transition? Joey loves that word every time I say it. Shall we transition to some questions? Uh, well, I, I, whenever I say that, he usually goes, transition? Who's transitioning? I, I never, never, never have done that. Never reacted Yes, like you that. have. Oh, don't make me go back in the archives. I even said to you, uh, oh, that word, that's a tease for the end of the podcast. And you went, oh, okay. <laughs> All right. This is this is like when Wooly Dude claimed that he never said he wanted to change his handle. And then you and I went, yeah, you did. <laughs> when, when did I say that? I don't remember that. I don't. This is uh, more than a year ago now, I think. But Oh, uh no, well, I, I guess I won't deny it, but I don't know what to do. <laughs> Let's go to the tape. Yeah, I, I, I concede, I concede, I concede on that one. <laughs> so let's see, we're not going to answer all the questions here, and some of them aren't even worth <laughs> acknowledging, but let's see, Texas Dog wants to know our thoughts on the future of the Pac-12 after USC and UCLA depart. We've kind of been discussing that a bit. And but he did, he does say should the Huskies bail on the conference too, and I'm already on record on Hardcore Husky saying that I think if we want to be nationally prominent, our best move is to move to the Big Ten. But it would uh, it would pain me greatly to see our uh, local rivalries get pretty much shredded up. That would really bother me. So, what do you guys think? Sorry, I'm still trying need... to rack my brain on if on if I ever made fun of you for saying that word, but one hundred percent guaranteed. <laughs> yeah, shut the fuck up. <laughs> now you're going to make me go back and look at the archives and dig up the audio. I, I, I might have to. Some intrepid <laughs> listener out there will probably uh, grundle or somebody. They'll track it down. But <laughs> um, yeah, what what it was the what's the future for the Pac-12? Or or should the Huskies uh, bail on the conference? I think uh I think I, I think unfortunately they're going to be they're going to be a follower and they're you know if Oregon leaves they're going to leave you know I wish it were the other way around but I think that uh yeah I'm kind of interested to see what happens now that 
Kevin Warren uh Mm-hmm. The uh, the Bears the Bears president job and how ambitious the new commissioner will be. Right. There's our cameo. Hey, the big sniff. Yep. <laughs> big sniff. <laughs> big sniff. Big sniff. Jesus. Willie, did up. you have a thought? Uh, yeah, mine is you know pretty. I don't have high hopes for the Pac-12 now that USC and UC are gone. I think it kind of slides down to being kind of like a glorified Mountain West, and yes. I don't, I don't think Washington's going to stick around. I, it just doesn't make. I think they're going to get the offer, and I, I don't like it, and I don't know how it logistically it's going to work, but I think they have to take almost any offer from the Big Ten. They can't get, you can't get left behind because the bigger picture is even if you want to become like the Gonzaga or you said like BYU of like the Pac-12 of like, there's going to be a super conference almost assuredly. And you probably want to get into the, you want to get into the prequel to the super conference. You don't want to be in like, you know, another franchise that, uh, that no one gives a fuck about, even if you have a little more success. Now, what if, we take into consideration that our athletic director is Jen Cohen and she is facing on one front. She is facing pressure for sustainability. Stay with, stick with your cougar cousins and your beaver cousins. And you can't, you can't, you can't, you got to rep the North and you can't rep the North when you're in the big 10. How is she going to stand in the face of that type of withering uh, onslaught, potential onslaught? Hopefully she's retired or whatever. Yeah, whatever. Well, you're kind of you're taking the easy way out there, though. <laughs> I don't think I don't think she can. I think she will. Uh, well, unless the Big Ten just it's very possible that like kind of like the Peterson thing where she got credit, but literally Peterson called up the fucking school and was like called like one eight hundred Husky and was like, hey, uh, I want to be your coach <laughs> or or how DeBoer like me and. My name's Chris. Uh, I'm know. responding to your Craigslist ad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> guys with the Steve Woolley education were like, you know who they should hire, uh, you know, in September of 2021, like hire that guy at Fresno State. Like, shit, she might just get a fucking call from the Big Ten. It's like, hey, we want you in, you in Oregon, and here's how much we're paying you. Here's your deal. Take it. And then she's going to be uh, – and then she's going to get credited for it. That's very possible. You playing Tetris? I had to get. Have to get. <laughs> he's into a, he's, he owns, if you own a Ford, you know what that noise is. Oh, I don't. Oh, okay. Mm. Oh, Wooly, are you with us? I'm here. You, you still got me? Yep. Yep. So let's see here. I don't want. I don't want them to bail. I don't want them to bail on the conference, but eventually, eventually, are, are do you want to be in a conference with with the Coog, the Beave, and like <laughs> I don't know Utah and the Arizona schools or something? You know, I I, I think Coach Prime is going to go to. Big Ten or something too. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's so, the Hanoi Hilton and the uh, helicopter and the dangling uh, ladder are right above Jen Cohen. Does she latch on or not? <laughs> I think she's, she'll get bailed out. She'll get bailed out. The Big Ten will just be like, we need to add more teams. Logistically, we need teams for USC and UCLA to play. Oregon and Washington are the obvious choices. And they'll just get an offer and she'll probably take it. And then I'll be sad, and I don't think it was necessary. But it, it is what we've all – it's the inevitable. Because hopefully Washington can be part of the inevitable. And yeah, one thing that, Duke's dad, Willie Duke's dad says he's he's going to be done going to games if they bail on the conference. So. Well, I don't know Willie Duke's dad really, but uh, I I'm sure he'll still go to games. <laughs> yeah, you know <laughs> that's my prediction for 2025. <laughs> I mean, the truth is, it might be more it might be more interesting when you have. Iowa or Wisconsin or Michigan State coming every week as opposed to fucking the Beeve and uh, ASU and fucking the Bay Area schools, which are fucking deserts of, of football. You know, there is a truth to when it is meshing the best of the Big Ten and the Pac-12 will create more interesting games. Uh, like when you say you don't want to go to games anymore, like Arizona and you know, even if they, you know, didn't have Michigan come, you know, every few years, it's there. There's an appeal to it. Yeah, I don't uh, look. I, I'm not going to miss if they bail. I'm not going to miss the two Arizona schools and Colorado and Utah. Like I won't miss that. But I mean, there is there is something you know historical about even the Bay Area schools. Uh, no, I totally. I I don't want it to happen. I hope but, USC but and they, pull out. They sealed their own fate. Like the Bay Area schools, like I don't know. I got. I I continue to hear people on ESPN talk about it. Like you know, oh, the Big Ten. You know, possibly the you know the Stanford or a Cal coming to the Big Ten. It's like, why the fuck would you want that those be- two schools there? Other than to just be Vanderbilt. You know, and Rutgers, yeah, yeah, and have, on, have your alumni who live in the Bay Area be able to go to games. <laughs> um, exactly. Kind of yeah. yeah. That. I mean, what what you saw at those two stadiums this year, it's over. They're not. You can't. Those can't. They can't be conference teams anymore. And Stanford kind of got saved by having like a one in a trillion higher with fucking Harbaugh. But that's over. They're not writing that anymore. They're done. And Cal, I think, is done. Like, they, both those programs, I think, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they give up college football and then figure out what to do with those stadiums. So let's see here. Seafitters Nacho Lover wants to know how many wins in 2023. I already said that we would go 11-3. and three. Do you guys have thoughts there? Uh, I'll cop out regular season I'll say ten and two and ten and two again. Uh and they'll get to the they'll be in the Pac twelve championship against USC as a rematch. Yeah. Uh, 
Are we just going to ignore the nacho platter question? Well, I, I don't. Uh, we need to wrap up in about twenty minutes. So, okay. and he understands that these things aren't going to get asked. So, I say this three nacho platters. Uh, how many wins in twenty twenty three? I'm going to say. I'm going to say twelve wins. Twelve wins. Yeah. I'm going to say 12. So 12 and, 12 and 1 or 12 and 2 then? I guess 12 yeah, and 2. I, I could I could see a, I can see an 11 and 2, you know, lose the lose the championship game or or win the championship game. They'd beat and Tulane you win in the Rose Cotton Bowl. Bowl or, yeah, or you beat <laughs> Tulane in the Cotton Bowl. Yeah. On a last second touchdown. Yeah, also also Sark gets fired next year. Cook it. Mm. <laughs> During the season or after? Mm. Um, oh. Uh I would say because he's he's gonna be he's gonna be forced to play Arch Manning and I bet Arch yes. Manning's not gonna be very good. Agreed. Anyways, That's why Quinn Ayers, Quinn Ewers should transfer to Washington. Shit. Yeah, I think he already, I think he already burned his free transfer, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Oh, yeah. interesting. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, forgot all about that. Ohio State. That's right. Yep, yeah, I forgot. Totally forgot. Let's see here. <clears throat> Will Race Bannon's wife ever have sex with Race again? <laughs> yeah. The outlook does not look good. No. No. <laughs> if if I'm if I'm forty and asking that question, then he should be really worried. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Hey All wants right. to know and Hey's going to be on our next podcast, the Anti-Oregon podcast. Um, he wants us to pick two of the top six Pac-12 teams from this year who will take a step back. He says he thinks Utah and UCLA. I will say I will say UCLA and Oregon. And I'm not anti-Oregon to the degree that you guys are in the derangement zone, uh, but I do <laughs> do think, you know, them clanking the winning field goal or uh, extra point, I should say, and winning their bowl, yada, yada, yada. I, I think Oregon State will have a better year than Oregon, so. And I do think uh, UCLA three, will take a step back. I think UCLA is an easy one. They lose, like, all their players who made a difference, and Kip Kelly sucks. Uh, I think Utah, too, I I don't know. They kind of seem to defy defy all the odds and just continue to kind of turn on with Whittingham, but I, I don't know. I don't I don't see it. I think they – I definitely don't think they're going to win the conference, so I think that's taking a step back. And then Oregon State, I have a, a slight – I'm skeptical of Oregon State. Uh, but I'm not going to – I think UCLA and Utah are more low-hanging fruit there. 
if USC's quarterback Williams gets hurt, uh, they could take a step back. So you never know. Um, make it easy. I, I, yeah. I could go ten and three, yeah, they, ten and four. That's what I was going to well, say. Not, I, mean, I, yeah. I think I, I think USC goes back because I think uh, I think if Caleb Williams, let's say Caleb Williams gets hurt like the fourth game of the year, and it's not even anything major. It's you know it's a minor injury. I think he fucking taps out the rest of the year. Hmm. Yeah. Because think, think, yeah. think of the returning, think of the returning quarterback. You know that everybody's pumped up about. Okay, Bo Nix returning because he has to, right? Because he's not going to get taken high. I mean, what's he going to? What else is he going to do? Who's coming back? Cam Rising. You know, he wasn't going to be a first or second round pick. So he has to come back. And then Caleb Williams, you know, he's not draft eligible. He has to come back. I mean, the only the only quarterback that is coming back because he basically wants to is, is Pennix. Hmm. You make an interesting point, I mean, though. Uh, make it in- Go ahead. Oh, especially nationally for the next 2024 draft. I mean, he has no competition for going early. I think Drake May is like the only other one that's even early on the radar. So, yeah, it's a good point. It wouldn't be like a... Someone else will emerge, though, but yeah. Yeah, but it doesn't have to be a huge injury to affect the game. Like, supposedly he tweaked a hamstring or something, and then that team fell apart. So, and they also quietly lose, like, uh, quietly lose, like, almost all of their impact players other than him. Like, their team is super questionable. Uh, well, and- I would also add, we're not in our hate, we're not on our hate Oregon podcast yet, but I've seen, like, preseason <laughs> top 25s with Oregon ahead of Washington, which is fucking ridiculous. Like, they won at Oregon. Oregon, Washington's entire team comes back. Oregon loses, like, their entire offensive line. A lot, all of their defense, like, all their best players in defense almost. And why would they be ranked ahead of them? It's just, it's out, it's, un, I don't, it's just confounding. Well, how did, how did Texas have four losses and they're ranked 18th or whatever? I mean. Uh, it's, you know, well, lost. it's just a, uh, it's mystique. Yeah, it's mystique. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I forgot what I was going to add to that. Shoot. It was a good point. Oh, I'll say, I'll say, uh, the Coug will be lucky to win like three or four games next year. Well, I need to see their out of conference schedule, but, uh, okay. Yeah, I, I feel bad hey, Wisconsin for you know, I feel bad for really? you know, our three, like my three Coug friends. But you know, I feel bad saying that. But you know, it is what it is. And right now, the Cougs in basketball are leading Oregon State sixty-one to fifty with four twenty-five left in the fourth quarter. Yeah, is Hopkins going to make it to the end of the year? 
Oh yeah, because nobody, there's no pressure. Nobody, <laughs> nobody cares. gives a shit about that program right now. No, nobody no, cares. no, no. Nope. So let's see here. I'm sorry to hold us up, Omi. Let's see. The Cougs play at Colorado State, Wisconsin at home, like Willie said, and then they play Northern Colorado at home. For God's sake. <laughs> So, <laughs> hey, you got to look at a. Yeah, I don't know if you guys saw any of the any of the screenshots of Georgia's schedule next year. Hor- horrible, embarrassing. Oh, oh my god, it's embarrassing. That's it like, really that's is. like that's like Woodward, embarrassing from like 2013 or whatever. Where it was you know Illinois and Eastern Washington and Portland State or whatever? It's on that level. Yeah. Yeah. So let's see here. Canadog. Wait a minute. Am I skipping anything here? Uh, no. So Canadog, uh, the pack schedule will be coming out soon. What would be a realistic, ideal game schedule situation? I mean, I know you guys will. What the hell is going on there? <laughs> Do you really want to put your seatbelt on? Put your seatbelt on. My dog is in the passenger seat, and the car thinks it's the person who won't put their seatbelt on. That's oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> There's an image. <laughs> that, that is legitimately what is happening. It's, it happens. Usually I have the music up loud enough to where I forget that it's happening, but so I haven't. I don't know if you can shut that off, but, yeah, my dog sits in the passenger seat. And just just bustle the seatbelt behind her. Ah, uh, you got it. Genius. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Joey's here to solve problems. That's what he does. I, I deal, that's what I do. Uh, ideal game schedule situation. Um, uh, the Duke answer is not play Oregon, you know, after, the, <laughs> after their bye week. <laughs> And if we were playing USC at home, I'd want him. I'd want him here in November, but we're not. So, well, it should be coming out uh, like probably next week. I would yep, think. that's what he's saying there. So, yeah, I've actually I've actually thought about this a lot recently. Uh, one thing, if the conference, I am almost certain the conference is going to put Oregon and. Uh, the Oregon game in the same slot, the third to last game. Uh, so if the conference is smart, they'll give the Huskies at Stanford between uh, between Oregon and the Apple Cup. So that's like their easiest road game. And they're going to hopefully put USC early in, early in the conference to spread out having to play at USC and play Oregon. Uh, but they have a tough job because like Oregon, USC, the Huskies, all, they all play each other. But then, like Utah plays the Huskies in Oregon, so like their Big Four all play each other. Unlike the SEC, where like the Big Four, like one, like one might play each other. So it's going to be interesting. Let's see here. The HB wants to know which receivers will portal now that Odunze is coming back. Odunze, um, Tanae. 
It's the only one I May can really. South Jackson, I think. Were you guys joking when you said Giles Jackson was in Phoenix? No, that's that's real. I think he's gone. Uh, not totally surprised because he's also he's a senior, or he'll be a senior. So I wouldn't be surprised if he has a grad transfer. So he, he can, I think he gets that free grad transfer. Uh, I would think he's probably gone. So is this where we smash cut to October and Giles Jackson returns two punts for touchdowns against Washington? <laughs> hey, there was a – I can't remember which games. There was a couple of games where Giles Jackson made some nice, like, third and long catches that were really – weren't easy. And were, yes, uh, yes. There was a couple. He earned – he may not – he may have been like a four-man's Kiko McClatcher – uh, but he earned he earned a scholarship. He had a few. I don't know, like the Apple Cup, the Oregon game. Uh, there was a few times where he had really big third and long catches that were not easy. So I'll give him that. Yeah, we're re- we're replacing him with Jeremy Bernard. So. Yep. Good trade. And you know, good luck to him and all that. So. Let's see here. Bananas and Blondes well, wants to know. I, not really, but okay. <laughs> well, I mean, you're not wishing him to have, like, a, a broken leg or something, I don't think. So. Now, Wooly's decided to end it all by driving into the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> <laughs> don't do it! Yeah, the season the we have much to live for. Yeah, the dog doesn't deserve, <laughs> the dog doesn't deserve that. That's some great pod, though. You hear somebody driving into the ocean. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Banana, bananas and Blondes wants to know, I don't know how much y'all get involved in answering this, but what was the best dog man moment since the last pod? Kim banning people for bumping old posts because, quote, it's not amusing. <laughs> the four-star insider poster unironically announcing his decommitment from the Dogman boards with a 200-word essay beginning with, first of all, I'd like to. And then Kim getting destroyed on Twitter for defending Sark by telling an Olympic rower he didn't understand what it's like in the tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> I will say uh, him him banning someone for or people for allegedly reportedly banning people for bumping old posts because it's not amusing when that's the lifeblood of hardcore husky. Uh, you know that's kind of funny. Uh, I'll I'll go with that one and I won't say anything further. No, I like the uh, the one he's always got to remind people how he's on the field. Uh, you know, pregame, and, <laughs> and you're not. Yeah, yeah, and you're not. You're you're an Olympic rower. You're not a you're not an insider like me. Uh, Wooly, any last thoughts before we move on here? <clears throat> uh, I'm going with the getting dragged on Twitter for defending Stark. Like such a weird weird move to make. Like, yeah, who? Why are you the only person who is defending? Literally was like even Texas fans that I saw were like, yeah, like what the fuck was yeah. that? Like, uh, Tim, 
he emerges from the fog. It's the one guy who's like, hey, you don't understand. Like, what? <laughs> I, I got a good laugh. Uh, I got a legit laugh out loud, like, uh, just sitting around reading that, reading the people talking kids about, like, what a stance to take. He reminds me in this sense of uh, that that woman that stood up to defend Jerry Maguire in the office. <laughs> you guys remember Renee that? Renee Zellweger? Yeah. Renee Zellweger. Yeah. And I, I, it's been so many years since I've seen the movie, but it's like everybody in the office was against him or something, and he says, anybody want to go with me? And everybody just sits, and then she stands up. Yeah. So, uh, let's see here. The then, uh, kid. Oh, go ahead. And then doesn't doesn't Jerry Maguire forget her name? Doesn't he not? Doesn't he not know her name? Like, wouldn't that be what Sark does? He'd be like, yes, <laughs> yes, guy with the Pac-12 vest on. Yes. Uh, but uh, God bless all of them. Um, okay, the L Skid wants to know of the portal players, who are you guys most excited for? We've kind of talked about that. Um, but yeah, I like the um, the Muhammad guy at corner from the very little film that I saw. And I'm very, as I said earlier in the show, I'm very excited to see what the new running back can do. And the and the uh, go forth uh, from uh, USC, the linebacker. Um, I haven't seen him in action specifically, but you figure he's got to be at least halfway decent. So, yeah, the Duke. Yeah, I hope hope so. Pretty much exactly. The Duke inside me was expecting like, uh, like how USC got the Bolitnikov winner last year. I was expecting like something like that, but I don't think we're gonna get that. I mean, uh. I was also hoping for one of the uh, one of the recent five stars who left town in the order of Emeka, Ekbuka, Tumalau, and Connerly to come back. But every hour that goes by, it seems far more likely that that's not going to fucking happen. So Dukeville says who won the offseason, Addy, so far, UW or Oregon? I think we've all, if we had to choose one or the other, we would say UW. So I would say Oregon wins every year. Well, we have we've had multiple national championships in the off season. Yeah, but they're getting cast they're getting cast offs from from Bama. You know, they've got guys that that have just been they've got the A branded on them. They they were at Bama. They they had they walked the campus at Joey. Bama. Joey, if we were getting if we were getting Fred Schlabernock outside linebacker from Alabama, you'd be going, "Oh, we get this cast off from Saban." No, you'd be going, "Hey, we got this Alabama guy," like me with the USC linebacker. Yeah, cast off, a cast off. I would be, I would be saying, "Why did why couldn't he play at Bama?" <laughs> you you would admittedly you would say that yes. Yes. I think one of them threatened to kill somebody. Oh. <laughs> wow. Really? Well, 
I remember how excited my dad was to get um, Mulete Tula Papatele or whatever. And he was in prison. Sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Roar of the Crowd wants to know, is this the year Stalin marries a Korean girl? Uh, I don't know that I'm wired for marriage <laughs> with my vampire hours and everything, but... Uh, <laughs> I don't but uh, one of my favorite things to do when I get at, when I go to work in the morning is uh, I'll go immediately go on to Hardcore Husky and see that Derek has put up an article at one forty one in the AM. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I'm really tempted to uh, steal Nacho's thunder and write thanks Taft before anybody else could get to it, but I don't. But you you know that would cause problems. I don't. <laughs> Well, that's, yeah, that's, that's gimmick infringement. <laughs> uh, let's see here as we conclude. Uh, mostly these are just people talking to each other now. Uh, one to 392,831 were taken, but that's more of him joking around. Okay, so we've answered all the questions. Uh, any final thoughts as we close out another show? I think Brock Bowers will be the first pick in the 2024 draft. Okay. Over Caleb Williams? Yeah, Brock Bowers is fucking incredible. Uh, Are you factoring in that supposedly he was seriously considering playing for uh, uh, Durham Cato, who no longer coaches football? Yeah, I, oh, it's, it's just amazing to me. Amazing. Maybe he's just too nice of a guy to say no to, you know, uh, Durham Cato. And I'm just looking at this thread I was posted on earlier, but it was a 2017 and 2018 thread about Jacob Sermon. And as I said in a post earlier... <laughs> I, I I did remember all these. I did remember the extent of all these mocking posts from especially Dennis DeYoung and Tequila about my criticisms of uh, of Jacob Sermon. And uh, boy, they thought he was going to be like the next Joe Namath. Yeah, I remember they were huge on him. Uh, huge. Well, uh, that's an understatement. Yeah, I remember well, they were entitled to. They're entitled to their opinion, yeah. just like everybody else. They are? Yeah, I mean, I... Sure. I listened <laughs> to it. I, I bought well, into it. Let's yeah. see here. Dennis DeYoung, well, who I'm gives not, a goddamn shit I'm, what he did against <laughs> fucking Woodenville? <laughs> that's pretty fucking... That's pretty funny. <laughs> He threw six interceptions against Woodenville in one game. <laughs> I mean, oh, no, I just like the I, I just a, I, I just like the way De- I can picture Dennis. I could I could oh, no, I get Dennis's it. voice saying that. Just saying that. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me laugh. Makes me no, laugh least... and uh, <laughs> miss miss the days of uh, you know listening to their pod. <laughs> I like people no, who I get w- as angry and animated as me. Come 
No, you, uh, you act like you're I'm uh, arguing. I'm not. I wish he'd come back to the board. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So, well, anyways, any, any final thoughts, guys, before we wrap it up? Uh, I changed my mind. Uh, I uh, I changed my mind. I I think Stark was right. I think Stark was right to freak out on that guy. <laughs> what? What? I want it on the record. I want it on the record. I think Stark was right to freak out on that guy coming out the tunnel in the Alamo Bowl. I I because agree. Stark. I'm. I'm fucking joking. I just, I just wanted this to come up with doing your, <laughs> the dumbest take. This, yeah. this is your softy shock jock moment here. <laughs> yeah, uh, I can't remember if I mentioned Great. on the pod shock jock though. I can't remember if I, uh, if I mentioned on a podcast yet. But shout out to pioneers and you know many different things. Of shout out to Don Imus for being the first person to get canceled for being a pioneer of getting canceled. <laughs> All right. First person to get canceled uh, for a second. Wow. <laughs> when the his when the history books are written, it'll be like the first person to get canceled was Don Imus. No, D- Jimmy the Greek Other and than- uh, <laughs> who's who was the Dodger? Who was the Dodger GM or whatever? You know, back oh. in the eighties, he did the same thing. Yeah. Great, great memory there, Joey. Well, yeah. Yeah. Oh no! I'm no. I God! I can see his face. But I can't remember. Oh, who oh I forgot. Uh, I want to throw out one more since I like to throw uh, random nicknames and rivalries of my dad. Uh, Al Campana. Said, uh, Steve McNair. My dad. Al Campana. My dad yeah. can't let. Uh, I had to look it up. My dad can't let Steve McNair be brought. Brought up without mentioning his, his personal nickname of him, Ground McNair. <laughs> Wait, I don't know why I like it so much. I missed that. Can you repeat that? My dad, Steve McNair, got mentioned earlier. Rest in peace. Uh, my dad, yes. liked, uh, my dad loved that his nickname for Steve McNair was Ground McNair. <laughs> I guess I don't get it. Because his nickname was Air McNair, well, but he wasn't, right? but he wasn't, he wasn't that, good that of a great of a quarterback. Like his, yeah. Like look at his <laughs> look at his stats. Like his completion percentage is always like sixty percent, and he almost always threw as many interceptions as touchdowns. Like this must be a like Washington a, County humor type of thing. Uh, no, it's it's. This is like exchange uh, student uh, cultural differences, where right? I'll just smile and uh, nod. It's, it's 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 Wooly Dude, it's Wooly Dude Dad's uh, backhanded uh, backhanded flight by purposely fucking up a guy's last name or whatever. <laughs> yeah. There's layers to it. That must be great. <laughs> yeah. Layers. Complexities. <laughs> oh, it's just it, yeah. he per, uh, per, purposely, uh, purposely will will say you know like, yeah, I don't think I know an ACDC song except for that one about shaking all through the night. <laughs> <laughs> the song about epilepsy. It's like you, it's like you know, you know ACDC songs. 
<laughs> well, on that note, uh, I guess our next pod will be with Hay, and it's going to be the anti-Oregon pod. So, let's rock! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Great, great chat rock with you. Roll. We'll talk soon. Yep. <laughs> All right. Let's go. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Hardcore Husky Podcast. This show is copyrighted material. In other words, stop plagiarizing our shit, fuckos. So please tell a friend and rate us five stars on iTunes, especially you cheap bastards who don't donate. It's the least you could do. Yeah, I'm looking at you, creepy coog. And come join our fun at over at hu- hardcorehusky.com. We've got Husky Football, Yellow Snow's Record Shop, and our notorious Tug Tavern, which is... Sh- which is a shit show of politics and strange news. And if you enjoy yourself and are ready for the next level, level of cyber peyote. peyote, come join Swain's Wigwarm. <laughs> I'm going to have to read this over. Swain's Wigwam, yeah. Swain's Wigwam at Navajo Nation's gift to college football. It's also the official private club of hardcore Huskies. We're talking boobs, guns, and inside information, all for the low, low fee of $129 a year. Come join the fun. <laughs> I have to redo that one, but... <laughs>